what's up everybody great to have you here with us and once again we'll be talking about football as we know it club football is still up and running and a lot of great fixtures to talk touch on later on so without further ado let's dive into the latest episode of partner podcast joshua how you doing man i'm good i'm good um interesting FA cup action we saw sports being sports no surprises there um, and we also saw news of Abramovich putting Chelsea up for sale. So I guess it's the end of the Roman Empire. Yeah, it seems like a, a, a lot of things happening back to back. I, 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 like it's, it's even hard to keep track of everything. What do we stand out when the Abramovich um, announcement that we saw earlier um, uh, earlier um, this week? So it will be interesting to see who eventually takes over. From, from Roman Abramovich when the sale is complete. Okay, yeah. Just for a bit. You know, last week of, um, he was going to give stewardship and control or whatever. I think stewardship was the word to the Chelsea Foundation, Charity, Charity Foundation. And I didn't actually talk about it in this podcast because to me, it made absolutely no sense. There's nothing like there's nothing like stewardship. Like, it, it makes no meaning. And even... So now, there's actual news to talk about. How how would this impact Chelsea? Let's talk about the players first of all. Um, do, do you think it's going to impact them? Do you see results dipping? Or do you expect players to be professional and not care about what's going on above them? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think I expect um, results to... I don't think it is necessarily supposed to affect the players because if you look at the way Abramovich has tried to handle the entire thing, he's making sure that he shields the club from whatever controversy is happening off the pitch. That's one of the reasons why he said it in his, his statement, like he doesn't want um, all this stuff to be to pour down to the club. So he's basically he wants to make sure that the club is protected at all costs. So that it, it seems that's one of the reasons why he's looking at putting him top for sale. Uh, obviously, we'll talk, touch on other reasons later, but I, I think he's trying to protect um, the, well, um, let's say, the integrity of the club. So, and uh, I, I, like, if it's other owners who, who, who could see things getting dirty, um, Chelsea dragged in the mud and all of that, but looking at it, even since he had issues with the British government years ago, I think since, like, 2017, where they've been after him for, for quite a bit now, he has not. He has made sure that all those politics don't affect Chelsea, and now he's doing the same by selling the club. Uh, it's actually a laudable decision for him, but it's also a smart decision because he has been threatened by the members of Parliament, and his assets could be frozen. Now, if that happens, he will not even be able to sell Chelsea because, like, Chelsea will be seized. He's one fifty million pound home in London would be seized. He has another property which is considerably less than the 150 million but also still worth a lot of millions. And imagine them seizing all that. So he wants to avoid it, especially Chelsea. He wants to sell Chelsea before Chelsea can be taken from him by the government, which I think is in the best interest of the club. 
But then Amanda Stavely, who is one of the people that took over Newcastle, she said it's unfair that he's being forced to sell the club because, according to her, she said because he might be close to Putin, allegedly. She said there's not enough reason for her to be forced to sell the club and she has sympathy for him. Do you share, do you share in her sentiment? I understand what she's saying. Like You could clearly see from the various media they've not really brought out any concrete evidence that this guy is this guy wants to um what, what was the one that actually puts putin up for for putin to go and invade ukraine so people are saying oh he was one of the reasons why putin was in power so he was the reason why putin was let's let's play with the narrative and say maybe he was involved he was involved in the in the selection process for putin to be in power in the first place let's say it really happened like that so now, are we not going to say Abramovich thought that Putin will now become this person that Putin has become? No, you can't. Like, there are some things that we, we, we... The truth is, at the end of the day, people don't like billionaires. Like, people don't like people, money, power. So you, think, you think it's jealousy and fear or stuff like that? No, apart from jealousy, it's just the way the world works. For example, if two of us were to become something in future many people would dislike us for no reason so that's how it is like i'm not yeah yeah okay, yeah, yeah you I, know, I'm not you know. Is, is clean from everything they are saying but what i'm saying is at least if you're going to um um force someone to do the things that uh that uh that he wants him to do at least you have to come to the fight with concrete evidence so they've not they've not seen they've not really brought out concrete things leaking into some of the things they are um, accusing me accusing him about so to me sometimes it makes no sense okay i actually agree with what you said that sometimes rich people not that you don't even have to be a billionaire you just have to be a celebrity and just be a multi-millionaire and people just assume that you're a bad person assume you're rude assume you're 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 bad you're rude you're evil you do terrible things to your employees like they just assume all these things of rich people that's a general consensus but for abramovich i think because he was even in the government and then he was a governor of a state back in the day but then the thing is he left russia since 2003 and then since then nobody really knows how close he actually is to putin but then there's a, there's another line of um i would i'll say there's a new attack now on his name that because you know he said he's going to sell Chelsea and give the proceeds to people victims of the war. There's now yeah, yeah. a new there's now a new story that is saying that he's actually going to give to Russian people, not just Ukrainian people, like Russian soldiers. And so people are saying, Oh, is he actually helping the war? Is he actually helping people that That's, are no, the no, war? no, 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 it's, no. No, 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 I I don't I don't I, I don't even want to go there. No, like, there's, there's not even good there because I don't. No, no, no. But, but there's something I want to even clarify. Like the rumors is that's why I said said it. There's just an agenda against him because he's clearly stated in his statement that he wants to give to the um, victims of um, those in Ukraine. So he's actually there. Exactly. So, he yeah. said victims. So, um, but now finally, finally, now on, on this, do you, do we see Chelsea going down? Do we see because we've seen. The con stand concrete and the likes take over Arsenal. We've seen the Glazers take over United, and then their performances on the pitch have dipped. Do we fear for Chelsea's success? Obviously, Chelsea will still be a big club, whatever. But are they going to be a big club that keep winning trophies, or are they going to fall like Arsenal? 
okay, there are two ways I'll answer the question. So, for example, if they get a bad a bad owner, which I don't think they will get get a bad owner because I feel like Abramovich would want to sell to the right person. But if they get a bad owner, for example, like I don't think Chelsea's success will will be impacted. But in the long term, it will be impacted in terms of if they don't improve in those structures that are in place. But if they get a good owner, I still think they can still retain that status. And obviously, the trophies might not, as, might not come as frequent as the Abramovich era, but I, still, I can still see them being successful in the long run in terms of... Because when you look at it, Abramovich has set up infrastructures for Chelsea. And Chelsea now, they are like a self-sustaining club for a while now. They actually produce their talents... Uh, that, 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 that we all know about the loan system that Chelsea used to generate income as well. So it's not like it's not like even Chelsea they spent uh, what is it called? I think um, ninety seven million on Lukaku and they still made profit last year. So you can see that the club itself is well run and it, and everything is is put uh, all the infrastructures are there to actually make them a self sustainable club. So I feel like. If the new owners come in and they are able to manage what Abramovich has built and able to now improve on that, then I I still think Chelsea will still be one of the European powerhouse. Okay, for me, I think short term there's no problem because the squad now is young. We have his James Messi Mount, although I said he's one of the most overrated players, but I think he's still a decent player. We have Kai Havertz, who is getting, who is finding his feet finally. We have a lot of young players, so I think the core of the team is there. All they need to do, all the new owners need to do, is you you replace maybe Thiago Silva at the end of next season. You replace maybe Christian Sina Aspin now. I think just a few players. I think that's. I think the good the good thing with Chelsea is they, they don't need a lot of work. Especially not like United after Ferguson needed a lot of work. So Chelsea don't need a lot of work now. It's just a few things here and there. And I think they will be fine. But then if if they refuse to spend at all, then that will be a problem. But it still won't be a problem until the next six or seven years. But this weekend I expect Chelsea to win against Burnley. I mean, not too much to talk about there. Yeah, yeah. There was early scare at the FA Cup, but I feel like Chelsea have enough firepowers in the, within their ranks to actually see up Burnley. Burnley they've not They've not been quite satisfied. Well, well, we, we said the same thing earlier earlier this season, and it was a one-one draw. Yeah, yeah. I think you remember. Wait, 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 wait. You remember? You remember? I told you after that game week, I after that match, and I'm I'm thinking of FPL. As I said, game week. But after that match, I told you on this podcast that Chelsea cannot win the league, and I think Chelsea were even still top or just a few points off. And you asked me why. Chelsea I said Chelsea should be born. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea was the top. And I said Chelsea cannot win the league. And we we're like, no, it was just this game. This game. I said, see, I'm noticing something in this club. And they're not they are not acting serious. Like, they want to win the league. And then here we are a few months later. And I was right. No, but, but, but for this one, for, for this one, for the sake of Chelsea, in order for them not to be dragged into a top four battle, because if they go and start dropping points, they'll be dragged into it very, very quickly. In order for them to still sustain that margin that they have over the rest, they actually need to win against Burnley. So it's a must-win for them. Um, now let's talk about sports. Man, losing to Middlesbrough, they was in their defense. They will say they are not the only ones. Um, we saw United losing to them as well. And funny enough, Chelsea are their next opponents in the 
FA Cup quarterfinals, we'll see how that goes. For Spurs, I mean, if you're Antonio Conte, you'll be tearing your hair out because one, one match, they are great. The next match, they are the worst team on earth. Where do we stand with this Spurs side? Can, can we expect them to win this match? And can, we, can they actually challenge for the top four? Are they just winding us? Um, like we, we, the reason why we put sports in the conversation of top four is not even because maybe they have Harry Kane or Son. It's simply because we know that they have one of the best managers in the world, which is Antonio Conte. But the truth is, I've said this thing already. I will say it again. Like in the next eight, yeah, this is well in March already in, in March. So in the next, let's say in the next. 11 months, I expect Conte to be out of sports because when you look at it, I feel like they're not a serious club. They're not a serious club in terms of you cannot expect it's just it's just one of the things like when I look at Barcelona too, I expect from Barcelona because when you look at the kind of squad they have, so you can see expect 11 but, but, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We know that they have been poor in the transfer market and all that. We get it. Daniel Levy has not done the club well at all. But then I don't. I can't blame Daniel Levy for them not being able to beat me. Those bro, come on. I mean, I, th- that has nothing to do with the owner. This is the players and their lack of um, appetite, their lack of ambition to win the trophy, and also, also as much as we face Conte, his tactics were too defensive against the championship side. No, no, no. Like I'm not. I'm not even disagreeing with you. I agree with you perfectly. But what I'm saying is. When you look at sports team, you expect a level of inconsistency. Do you know why? Like, when you look at the core of the team, you can clearly see Pochettino, who left like six years ago, his, his blueprint is still there. Like, Pochettino that left years ago, his blueprint is still there. And that blueprint is still what makes the core of the team. Luis is still there. Um, and they, and Davis is still there. Sanchez is still there. Um, when you go to the midfield, um, you still have uh, In, um... wing. Wings is still there. Um, uh, you still have um, Harry Kane's son, Lucas Moura. Like, all of all those other guys are still there. And, and then, actually, most of those players he called are below average. It's just, it's just Kane and son, really. Harry Wings cannot even enter my team if I'm a coach. So, so re- realistically, when you look at it, like, the core of the team is still... Like it's out, it's dated. Some of all these players they need to leave, and sometimes you might even have quality, but like you said, the appetite might not be there. You need to keep them off. So that's how it, that's how it is. But at the end of the day, man, I, I, I like if Antonio Conte can't even see off an FA FA Cup um game where they can actually a game that they can actually get a cup trophy from, like. I don't think anybody can help them. They've done under Mourinho. But, no, <laughs> but, but no, what of this game? What of this game? Just this game alone, stand alone, Everton. Do you see them getting well, all three I, I, points? Like, I, I would like to, if Leeds get the result against Spurs, I won't be surprised. No, no, Everton, um, Everton. Okay, 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 Everton. Sorry, I mean, like, if, um, if, they, if, they, if they meet Everton, um, looking at um, what um, Everton went through last game week, um, the FA apologising for their mediocrity, They've been showing lately. Like <laughs> look, at, look at the chat. They called for a clapper. I mean, if I'm if I'm doing, I'll, I'll just pick up the phone. When I hear "Hello, is my quality," I'll be like, "Okay, thanks for calling." Bye. As as in, I don't want to hear it because it's not no, the first time. They, like like if but it's different. Okay, okay, okay well, no, but but like but like this is the first time they're apologizing in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've been seeing it in other leagues. That's why I said this is not the first time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, normally they they don't they don't care. They sweep it under the carpet. But this one, this one, I'll just say like Everton, they have a point to prove um, since um, that nonsense happened to them. So I feel like um, what's it called? Um, Frank Lampard's boys. But actually, like if they if they get something from sports, I won't like to you. I won't be surprised. Like that's why I, I won't be surprised. Dele Ali also has a point to prove. So we'll be we'll see what will happen. Is that I too tight to call? Actually, I don't. I I'm I'm looking towards pause, but like you said, I will not be shocked if Everton actually go there and get the result. Now let's talk uh, about the big one, the Manchester Derby. The last few seasons we've seen City dominant in the league, but we've seen United go to the Etihad and win. Even even when they play badly on the day, they still win. Is it going to be another of those days, or are City going to prove too good? Um, this is one of the matches I'm looking forward to. So I expect to have a very, very lovely Sunday, Sunday um, afternoon. And I feel like, I feel like um, for this kind of game, you cannot write off United simply because, like, 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 um, like we've seen in the past, Manchester United coming coming into games like this, they actually come with a point to prove, and they can actually get something from a game like this. So. So I feel like um, Manchester City, if they are not at it, if they if they take the game for granted as it is, I feel like United will get something. I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking in front of my screen now. Is United are looking looking to win four consecutive away games against City in all competitions for the first time since a run for the first time since a run of four between November 1963 and November. Um, two thousand and um, two thousand. So looking at that start, like I won't be surprised if Manchester United. And then, off. and then just just quickly another start. Okay. Guardiola has played fifteen Manchester derbies. He has lost six. How? Ca- and he has won seven. So we, you look at it logically speaking, it doesn't make any sense. City have been so much better than United since Guardiola came in. But then this this one of matches head to head, Guardiola is just edging it. Which is actually right, like it goes, it goes to show that at the end of the day, de- when it comes to derbies, like don't don't tell, don't tell me form goes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Form go- no, no, I, I, it might look like a cliche, but at the end of the day, it's true because when you look at I, you, know like, why, you know you know you know you know why I don't even think that one is is appropriate to this one because United don't even play well in the games they win, but they win. That's why yeah, I, that's why I don't even want to say is I don't want to say is the form goes out the window thing. I don't want to say is that. But, okay, so what will you now put it down to? I'll put it down to City being wasteful. <laughs> because City actually... Okay, now, I'll, I'll say this. For me to look forward to this game now, I'll tell you that City will get at least five clear chances. I'm not even talking of half chances. This match, City will get at least five clear chances. It's now a matter of, are they going to score? Or are they going to be wasteful and allow United punish them? Which is what we've been seeing over the years. Yeah, well, I, I, I see, I see your thought process on it. But at the end of the day, like I just feel like games like this, it's just games like this are games that whoever wins, no one is actually surprised. If Manchester United win, no one will be surprised that City lost because, like, at the end of the day, it's a game that that there is so much at stake. Um. Now, just lastly on the Premier League, Jesse March is going to be. 
making his managerial debut for Leeds. I don't I don't know if he caught his interview, but he was talking about how Americans have a bad reputation. Like people just look at an American and say this one knows nothing about football. And he talked about how people hate hearing the word soccer. I mean, I'm number one. I hate hearing that word soccer. So he said that he doesn't call it soccer, he calls it football. It, I think it was a fun interview. Anyone, anyone, everyone listening to this podcast, I mean, after now, just go and check the interview. So basically, he was saying that he knows his reputation is not the best, but he's as working hard. He has coached in five different countries. I know we talked about it last last episode that we is a tough job, but with this approach, he knows that he needs to prove himself. Do you think this, that's the approach that Leeds need to make? Like they need to actually prove they can defend because they've just been attacking all season. Yeah, one of one of the one of the um, things coming into this one is it would be interesting to see how it copes with the midfield because ever since um, um, since this guy got injured, uh, what's his name, um, the holder uh, Phillips, um, yeah, yeah, they've been they've been they've been out of shape, and you can actually see that um, Phillips is one of the reasons why um, they actually play that system and execute it well. That's the Bielsa system. So now, good question, you, Leonard. Good question. Okay. Okay. What's the question? Phillips or Declan? Phillips or Declan Rice? Um, this season, I'll say I'll say Declan Rice. I'll say Declan so Rice. But that doesn't still. But I feel I feel still Declan Rice is still overrated, but. Yeah, actually, I think yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think Rice just edges Phillips, but at the end of the day, Rice is still overrated. I'll take Ruben Neves over over both of them. Just yeah, that yeah, he's not English. Just yeah, that he's not English. So going back to um, what I was saying, like yeah. if you look at the Leeds defense, Leeds have considered an average of two point six goals before half time across their last five matches. So that is a dummy start. <laughs> so be interesting to see how how um how he copes against this Leicester team. And then, interestingly, he coached Patsin Daka at RB Salzburg. So, who knows? Daka might actually just hurt his former coach. So, um, what score prediction for the game? Um, I think I think it would be it would be I think the the score line would be less. I think it would be a one word draw. To be it be a score. Let me let me give you the. Let me give you the worst p- prediction you've ever heard in your life. Are you ready? Okay, okay. Go on. Um, somebody will win 2-1. Don't ask me who, but somebody <laughs> will win 2-1. Look at this guy. Yo. You see, every day you're, you're showing how shameless you can be on this. <laughs> no, no, problem. no. no. I've given you a prediction. I'm, is that not a prediction? That's a... No, no, don't worry. I'll, re- I'll reciprocate. Okay. The, the, no problem. I'll, re- I'll reciprocate when the time comes. Of course. Of course. Okay, now over to Spain. Real Madrid against Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad started the season like a house on fire, but they've dropped off. But the good news for them is they've not dropped off too far or too low. They are sixth on the table, one point behind Barcelona in top four. So firstly, can Real Sociedad still sneak into the top four or have they let themselves down with all the points they've dropped? Um, of course, they can still sneak into the top four because when you look at it... Um... Most of the teams so who, dro- so who drops out, Betis? Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Like most of the teams, most of the team. Okay, okay. So, but most of no, the teams. No, I'm just that, asking. <laughs> no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me land on this. Yeah. So most of the teams are in and around it. The only team 
that is in top form is Barcelona. Now, Atleti, Atleti, they are one day on, one day off. They win today, they, they lose tomorrow. Real Betis, same thing. The only team that is, that, that is very um, consistent is Barcelona. So I feel like they see a place up for grabs because of the way Atleti and Real Betis have been, has, have been going about this. That's why if you look at Villarreal, Villarreal too, they are coming in hard and strong and they are in the conversation as well. So I feel like Whoever, like the the who can who the the team that can stay consistent from now to the end of the season gets in, but I don't think Atleti, like with the way they are showing today, they win tomorrow, they lose. Like I don't think like Atleti will unless the turn is around. But it will it will be interesting to see. But to answer your question, Real Sociedad can sneak in if they are consistent enough. Okay, so for me, for me, yeah, Betis are out. Because Betis were so comfortable. I don't know if you remember, but November, December, Betis and Sevilla were neck to neck, head to head yeah, on remember. the table. And and, and it was it was looking like it was looking like we've gotten our top three and then now we're looking for I even Barcelona at that point. So we're looking at Sociedad and Atletico to get the fourth spot. And all of a sudden now Betis are passing Barcelona. So now we just one point, having even played the game more. So for me, Betis have thrown it away. There's no way. There's no way psychologically the players would just know that we've let ourselves down this season. We had it and we've blown it. Although they are still in the top four as we speak, but I don't see them finishing there. Yeah, but for this, but for this game this weekend, Real Madrid are obviously favourites. But do we see them sleeping because? I don't know. Madrid have not been convincing, but still, they find a way to grind out results. But but it depends. It depends. Like I I I know that Real Madrid are the favorite. But what do you think? Like we expect a kind of rotation. Isn't the Champions League not coming? Like, Messi and his boys coming to Santiago Bernabeu in the coming days. Let me, huh? tell, you, let me tell you. Let me tell you something about about Ancelotti. I saw a picture on Twitter. Is it? When you tell Ancelotti to rotate his score, they just put a picture of Real Madrid players upside down. Like, that is <laughs> it. He does not rotate his score. So, as, 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 much as, as much as every other coach would have been looking at the second leg, I don't think Ancelotti is like that. Well, the only well, thing now... The only, you, know, you, know, you, know the, you know the part for me where I think that's a problem? is because Casemiro and... Felamendi are both unavailable for the second leg because they've been they've picked up um, bookings which has led to a one-match ban. So what you expect a coach to do is to play... Okay, the person that you know you want to play against PSG, you should have been playing the person for like the last few weeks, right? Ancelotti has not played the person. We don't even know the person that is going to come in. So it's a case of, um, uh, just know that I don't trust you. I'm just playing you against PSG just because I have to play you. But before PSG, you're not going to start any match. I don't, I don't know how you expect such a player to perform against PSG with confidence. Uh, uh well, it would be interesting to see. But, but if he doesn't rotate, then that means I expect from Madrid to win. Of course, you know why. You know why. Yeah, Karim Benzema. Well, yes, yes. Karim and the Black Messiah. Um, I, I know, I don't and, know, and also, like, and also, Kotoa, also, Kotoa, Kotoa, and course, actually, actually, I've, I've thought of 
a new name for Benzema. You know, we have two KDBs in, in world football. Do you know? Yeah, KB9 and KB, KB17. Oh, uh, no, no. One? KDB. Two KDBs. Kevin De Bruyne uh-huh. and Karim the Dream Benzema. Oh, two my KDBs. God. Yo, yo, you're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, okay, of it. If you're a, if you're a coach or if you're a Real Madrid player, is Benzema is a dream teammate, unselfish, a good leader, leads leads by example, clinical, motivator. Like Benzema is a dream player. So when I say Karim the dream Benzema, you have to believe what I'm saying. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, God, like I can just sense the bitterness. The, the no, bitterness. No, like, honestly, like, you should know that players are, I just like, I like players like Harry Benzema. I don't have any, any hatred towards them. I just like them. They are good players. Of course. Of course, you like Benzema. That's true. That's true. I know how much you like Benzema. Now, let's go over to the Bundesliga. Of uh, some people like to call it the Bayern Liga. There's trouble in paradise. Um, last week Lewandowski was asked in an interview that oh, the CEO said that they are going to open contract talks with you that they want you to stay. And Lewandowski said, "Oh, are, are you serious? That's the first time I'm hearing it. So they want me to stay. So it just, it it just like a, a Bayern serious." Like they're not talking about a renewal with someone whose contract is expiring next at the end of next season, and this is their best player. So, are they in danger? Because there's something actually going on at Bayern where they are losing key players for free. We've seen Alaba walk. We've seen Thiago Silva almost go for free, getting a very minimal sum. And now fingers are being pointed at Oliver Kahn and the likes that they're not running the club properly because Serginabri's contract is up 2023. The Andrusky's contract is up 2023. Kingsley Coman's contract is up 2023. What on earth is going on at Bayern? Like, the truth is, Bayern are one of the well-run clubs. Like, no matter what anybody say, because... I don't well-run? Know, yeah, yeah. Like, remember the thread I sent to you um, about the Super League and why these clubs, they need to come together. So, so, but that, that's a, that is a different thing. But I have this theory that at the end of the day, Bayern, they let players go in terms of when they look at, they have a contract that they have to give to you. And obviously, your agent and you yourself, like, are showing a different ambition and the, the, what you're, or what you're, table, what you're putting on the table, they can't, they, they can't quite match it. They allow you work because they can't break the bank for any player. That has been their ethos. Okay, but, yeah, just, 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 if you, if you don't mind, let me butt in there. I think if you look at Coman and Nabi leaving, I don't think they can afford to lose both of them. I think maybe if Coman leaves, fine. Or if Nabi leaves, I think I'd rather lose Coman than Nabi from a Bayern um, but, but they've fan. offered, I think they offered then, them, um, Kuman a new contract. So I think Kuman... Yeah, is, uh, but, but he wants a lot more than what they are giving him, unless he's going to compromise. But, but my point is, what I'm trying to say is, you look around and there are wingers that you can use to replace Coman there. Anthony at Ajax, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's, I've already said he's the next big superstar. There's Anthony at Ajax. There's Rafinha, who is in a dying Leeds. Like, Leeds might go down to the championship. And then 
you can go and get Rafinha to replace Kuma. So they have wingers you can buy. But, but, but there's, there's someone that no one is even talking about that I no like very well. Um, okay, yeah, who's that? Um, Nkunku. Oh yeah, yeah. You you know the problem. You know the problem with Nkunku. He doesn't have a definite position, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Is he? He looks like he looks like a Thomas Muller to me, and you're not going to replace Thomas Muller because he's still unbelievable. So, because he doesn't have a definite position, he. He might not even be now. If you consider his stats this season, I think about twenty nine goals and thirteen assists in less than forty games, which is mind blowing. Twenty nine goals, thirteen assists in. So like, he should be rushed in the summer. But then, actually, I don't think he'll be rushed. I think the likes of Haaland, Kane, Rafinha are the ones that will be rushed because these are players with a definite position. So I don't know. I just don't know about Nkunku. I'm not saying he's not good, but sometimes being too versatile is not a good thing for a player. Yeah, I, that, that, that's true because when I look at it, like, he can play across the front three and he can still play as an interior midfielder. Like, it's just weird. It's just weird. Um, Speaking of versatile, let's talk about Leverkusen's Wonder Kid because they are facing their Bayern's opponents this weekend. Florian Verts, um, I've been so impressed with him this season. Can you see him inspiring an upset this weekend or a Bayern just going to be Bayern and bully everybody? <laughs> uh, it depends on what Bayern turns up because these days we are sensing a level of inconsistency from Bayern as well. So, it depends. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, also, Diabia as well has been incredible. Vets and Diaby this season. But I'm more of a Vets fan, of course. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I love Florian Vets. But unfortunately for him, I think Bayern are going to win this game. Um, that's not unfortunate. That's definite. Okay, so now the Serie A. We have a top-of-the-table clash. Milan against Napoli. Milan a drab goalless draw with Inter in the Coppa Italia semi-final. But then some people will say at this is just the first leg, so all is not lost. They can still go and win the second leg. But then they cannot play for a draw this weekend. They have to beat Napoli. That's if they mm-hmm. want to actually pull clear. Uh, yeah, well, well, I agree with you. Like, there's no, there's no room for error here. Yeah. Either they get all three points or they just, they just start crying because they've bought to the league. And that's what I would say. But. But but then but then at the same time, if you're a coach, are these are these wait how do I put this? This this sort of games are they must not lose rather than must win. To me, they are must not lose. Like I I feel like you can get, like you win the league by beating the smaller teams because the smaller teams are more. So they are must not lose to me. Should I bust here? Let me just bust here now. What you just said. Eh? How many yeah. points are how many points are City passing Chelsea with? Just roughly, I think. 16, no, right? no, let's not compare City. No, 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 no. I'm going somewhere. You said you said you win the league by winning the smaller teams, and how to counter that just okay. quickly. Okay, City are passing Chelsea with 16 points. Chelsea have a game in hand, so let's let's say Chelsea win their game in hand, right? So okay. that's 13. Okay, 13 points is a lot, is it not? Yes, yeah, it's a lot, yeah, yeah. But then City have done the double against Chelsea this season now. if 
Chelsea, the one that did the double against City. City will be passing Chelsea with just one point. No, see, like, like bust your head, Abby. Bust your head, Abby. No, 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 no. Like, so like, that's, this, 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 like, this, like, no, no, no. I'm saying sometimes, no, no, okay. My own point is sometimes just risk being, I said, risk losing the match to win it because winning the match has so much of a reward. But, but see, like, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example now. So, if City beats, um, if City go and meet Liverpool now, and yeah. Liverpool, and they draw, eh? Now, City know that they can compensate on that by winning other teams that are in and around it. They don't necessarily have to throw everything at beating Liverpool and risk losing everything. Do you understand? So Okay, okay, so yeah, yeah. In this case, yeah, so, in this case, yeah, for City. So, so, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, when you think, think about it, there are other, like, let's even remove the big six from it. There are other 14 teams where you can actually hammer home and away to actually make sure that you're, you're still challenging for the league. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, obviously you like to beat your rivals, but at the end of the day, like, if you know that you're going to throw away certain advantages, then I feel like, why risk it all? Um, both ends. Who needs to risk it more? Napoli or Milan? Um, I think both of them. Like, whoever wants, wants it more, both of them. Because when you look at it, um, Inter has a game in hand. And when they play that game in hand, and and they win, they will definitely play. And no, uh, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no certainty with Inter this season. Let's not say and they win. Let's say if I'm they just win, saying maybe, maybe. Okay, okay, uh, maybe, maybe. Yes, okay, and maybe they, they they eventually win win that game. Huh? Then they can cool. They will not be sitting top. So now one of Napoli or in, uh, Napoli or AC has to win this game because when you look at it, a draw doesn't favor any side. A draw realistically doesn't favor anybody. So one of them needs to take that initiative to win this game. But we'll see. That's why the game is poised for for a pure entertainment this weekend. So what are you expecting? Because both teams need to win while expecting a draw, are we not? Um I <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm saying I I think I I'm, I'm expecting goals. I think there'll be there'll be goals in it. At least at least two goals. Ooh. Always shine away from predicting. Boo! Of course, of course. Something that you did uh, 20 minutes ago, yeah? No, I gave a prediction. I gave a of prediction. Of Everyone who, who heard me heard my prediction. That's all I'm going to say. Um, of course. But I'm not going to give a prediction for this one because, I mean, I'm the one asking the questions here. So I'll just of take course. the word for it that we're expecting goes. Okay, course. so now the, F- <laughs> the FPL segment. Okay, um, so before before we dive into it, let's just have a bit a bit of discussion, like because we are seeing different people use different stra- strategies. Some people are looking at using their wildcard, keeping their team so that they can actually have a a very solid advantage in the next three game weeks. They are not just thinking about this game week. Why some people are looking at it like, um, let me use my free hit so that then I can now sacrifice, um, I can now um sacrifice um, I can now have a team. That is more suited for the next game weeks to come. That is game week twenty, game week twenty eight, um, game week twenty nine and game week thirty. So, like, what do you think is the right strategy? Here? I'll say there's like outright, right, outright, right, strategy. Uh, there's no best strategy per se. It depends on the state of your squad. So, 
if you have players who are already playing, like you have a lot of double game week players, then there's no need for your wild for your wild card. That'll just be a waste of wild card. But then if you have few players with doubles and you have a lot of players blanking in game week thirty, I think I think it it it, it two things. If you have few players doubling this week and few players in game week thirty, then yes, wild card now. But if you have enough players for this week, I say hold the wild card, then use the wild card next week. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair. Enough. I see, I see what you're saying. Like for for me now, I was uh, I have a lot of players that will play this game week. But the thing is, I don't like I don't like um, the shape Twice. of the squad. Like, Twice. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot of players that will have double game weeks. But I like I don't like like I have Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, Josh King, all those guys, but so you know the thing about you know the thing about Dennis and Josh King is because what would have been having a lot of double game week. So, like, logically speaking, you're looking at it like these guys are not informed, I should sell them, but then you look at it, they have a double game week. I cannot be selling someone that has a double game week. I think that has just been the conundrum for most people. Like, you cannot actually sell someone that has a double game week, which is why a lot of people still have them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get, I get what you mean. But at the end of the day, like when you look at the way FPL landscape is, like to me, it can, because I, I, I don't, I don't want to simply have players due to the fact that oh, they have, um, they have double game weeks, but they are not actually performing to the, to the expectation. But, but I might just do what you said, skip it, uh, and use the wildcard for later. But at the end of the day, I'm just looking at it like if I can set up my team and says that I have at least eight players playing in the next three game weeks, then I think I'll be okay. When you say eight players, I mean, this this is a double game week. Next week is a double game week. So I think you should be having eight players that haven't played twice in these two, next two game weeks. Then yeah, for exactly. Game week that's, that's exactly what I did. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you said, I thought you meant just playing at all. Okay, then... Um, for game week, this is a different ball game because we have only eight teams playing, never mind eight players. So I don't know. Everybody should be looking at game week 30, but then also consider now. Because let me say, for example, Chelsea blanking game week 30. But Chelsea have three very good fixtures before game week 30. So I'll still advise you to buy Chelsea players, even though they blanking game week 30. Just you, you see what I'm saying. So yeah, it's not. Don't just think of. Don't look too far ahead. Look, look now, as well as the future. Yeah, yeah, it's facts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's let's talk about like some building a team for this gaming. So, what are the two goalkeepers? Let's let's start with goalkeepers. What are the two goalkeepers you can get? Because I'll okay, another free hit kind of. No, no, no. Let's let's say let's say let's say free. You can look at free hits, but I somebody tried to wild card as well. Ooh, wild card. Um, I would say if you're wild carding, then now you see, you see the trick. You see the thing is, there are two different answers. If I if I'm choosing a wild card team, I have to put Cancelo in, in there. But if I'm choosing a free hit team, Cancelo is not going to be there because City play against United, which is a game that they might concede in even if they win, and then that's the only game they play. So you see that. There are two different answers now, because Cancelo cannot make my free hit team. Also, no, 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 let, let, let's start, let's start let's start with goalkeepers. Um, I'll say, um, sorry, 
Ben Foster, because he's so cheap, 4.1 million, he enables you to get another keeper who will probably be your starting keeper. So I'll say Ben Foster, your first keeper. Then depending on how much you like spending for your keepers, if you if you like spending money on your keeper, then Mendy has two good fixtures this week as well. So, but Mendy is a lot of money, 6.1 million, I believe. So, Mendy... Star in Wolves as well has two good-looking fixtures this week. I'll say for this week, I'll say go for Jose Sar and and um, Ben Foster as your keepers. Then in defense, you want in defense you want a Chelsea defender because if they face Burnley and Norwich this double game week for them, um, I think Rudiger is the safest pick. But then Rich James is back from injury, and we know Rich James has attacking potential. The only problem is. Is he going to start both games? And even if he starts both games, is he going to play more than an hour? But if if you don't want to take the risk, then go for Rudiga or, or Thiago. If you want to take the risk, then go for his James. Then, of course, if it's a wildcard team, Arnold must be there. If it's a free hit team, you don't need Arnold. You should be looking at you should be looking at an Aston Villa defender. Um, I would say Daniel. Matikash and also um, if you want to double up on the Wolves defense I'll say look at someone like Max Kilman or Roman Saiz in the defense as well um, Newcastle have two doubles in a row um, um, so I'll say being a Newcastle defender and who, who you actually get is actually tricky because I'm looking at Fabian Shaw and Matt Target, so you get one of them in as your Newcastle defender. Do you, know, do you know what's funny? Uh, the draft I built, uh, let me give you an insight. So I put the Brafka in goal, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah, that was the Newcastle cover so, there. Yeah, I, I put the Brafka in goal, but my main, my, my main goalkeeper is a uh, Moise called Ramsdale. Do you get it? But Ramsdale is on the bench, so that's my wildcard draft that I'm planning on. Then that's uh, oh, okay. That shot guy is, is on is also he's going to be starting because he has two. But how many week. how many games do Arsenal have this game week? Just one. Arsenal. Yeah, just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Arsenal asset, I know. Like my Arsenal asset that I put there is Saka. So Saka is on my bench for my wildcard draft. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? There are two totally different things: wildcard and free hit. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, so basically, like the the the, the, the way the, the free hit shaped up is, I tried to like you know you know me. I told you personally that I wanted to be aggressive and get more points. Like if you remember, so, yeah. so that's I actually How did that work out for you? No, it went it went well. It went well. If you look at my free hits, okay. I got sixty six points. So it went well. But the thing is, the the, the the thing is, the thing I want to even highlight is the players I am putting in my wildcard draft. Like like m- most of them. Are not necessarily going to be there. Like for example, I'm looking at uh, like I put um I put um Saiz Saiz is there. I'm looking at Saiz or Cody, but I don't I want enough money to be in the bank so that I can be flexible with it. So some of the players that you mentioned, even Ramsey, I'm looking at either Ramsey or Coutinho. But if I have Ramsey, that means that means like, that means I don't have to worry about Ramsey starting. Like if you understand my thought process, that means Ramsey can definitely sit on the bed because Ramsey is like four point eight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but not this week because he has two matches. Yeah, yeah, not this week. Not this week. this week. Exactly. Yeah. But he's going to start this week. But like, if you look at Ramsey, Ramsey is a player that you can easily keep on your bench without worrying about it. 
Do you understand? So, um, so like, sometimes, sometimes it's tricky because we've seen Ramsey get two goals in the game and over 16 points and people crying at the bench team. So, no, 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 but 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 you understand what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, can, yeah, I get you can, you can switch get, things around yeah. without worrying about it too much. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, so 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 go on ahead, go on ahead. Let's hear your forwards and uh, your uh, midfield and midfield options and um, forwards. Okay, so for the midfield options, you've already mentioned one of them. I'll say Ramsey is a midfielder I should be looking at. Rafinha as well. Continue. What I'm yeah, what I'm saying is just a free hit. It's a free hit team. Um, Rafinha. Oh, but then... Rafinha is on my wild card too. He's on my wild card. Wild. Yeah, because uh, because, because after that after that he's going to play Norwich. Then I think. Um, Probably West. Then, then he still has a, he has a game again in game with thirty against Wolves. Yeah, I think okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I say, yeah, I say, is good for Rafinha is good for wild card and free hit. So you have continue Rafinha Ramsey. I say Jovi Lock as well is in good yeah, scoring Lock. form. But I don't, but I don't want to have too many Newcastle in my team. I think two is enough. No, yeah, two. No, no, that's the Dubravka and Jovi Lock. That's enough. The two. No, no, no. For, then, for me, I went for the Bravka and um, this guy and um, Sha, um, um, the um, Sha guy, the defender, the four point three. I do you really want to be doubling up on Newcastle's defense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simply because the guys, the guys, like, is a is a player that I can use to replace Livermento long term. Like, I can I can get Livermento back in future by because Livermento is just like point one, um, x point oh, okay. one like. So, so, so it's not really, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really like I'm just putting him there so that I can get these two double game weeks in, then worry about him later. Okay, so for okay, so continue I, with I can the just team. Be on the bench forever. I don't care. <laughs> so continue with the team. I say get a Chelsea midfielder, but it's tricky which one to get. I'll say there are two options for me. Hakim Ziyech, um, Thomas Tuchel said he's back in training. So Hakim Ziyech or Kai Havertz, who we expect to start as a first nine. So you, that that's basically the midfield. You have Rafinha, Coutinho, Ramsey. Oh, definitely put Salah, please. No matter what, just put no, no, Salah. for a free hit team. No, no need for Salah for a free hit team. No Against need for West Salah. Ham? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because I'm building West a wild card draft. That's why. That's why Salah is still my team, bro. I, yeah, I get it. West. No, for a, Salah must be there for a free hit team. I think you can you can do without Salah, even if he scores. As long as the people you actually bought outscore him, then you'll be fine. Then for the forwards, I'll say Amanda Boya is a necessity for this game week. Um, maybe not for future game weeks, but this game week is it looks essential for the next game week as well. They, they have a double this week. They have what for next week. But then the blank game with 30. So, but don't don't think that far. Just go for him now because he has three good fixtures coming up. Harry Kane has a good record against Everton, although he has just one match. So, as much as we love the double game week people, but Harry Kane against Everton might just be it. And we've seen we've seen sports play well, play nonsense, play well, play nonsense, and then. It has been going back to back like that. And when they play well, it's Kane that is usually the catalyst for it. And they played nonsense against Middlesbrough. So now they are going to play well, are they not? So you look at Kane as being the main man there too. Mm-hmm. Then 
I think for me, that's it. You have the Leeds cover with Rafinha. You have the Aston Villa cover. I think, yeah, that's it. That's it. If you're too afraid not to have Salah, I understand, I understand you. But for me, there's no need if you're free hitting. Okay, fair enough. Um, so let's go to the point question. Who are your top captain picks? You see, this is the hardest week to pick captain. Like, I kid you not. I kid you not. Because, okay, so, so for me personally, I have a policy. I only captain a double game week player in a double game week. I know most people will captain Salah because he's Salah, but although I have him, I'm not going to captain him because it's just one match against West Ham. Of course, he might punish me, he might score one goal, he might score two goals, but um, if the way I look at it is you have more chance of scoring in two matches than one. It's just the math. So for me, I'm looking at Amando Boya, Coutinho, or Kai Havertz, I'm still up in the air with any one of them. So for me, those three are the standout captain picks for me. Okay, okay. For me, I'll just say mine. I'm looking at Rudiger strongly, strongly because I feel like um, Rudiger is Rudiger is Rudiger. He's a good if, 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 if you're looking for a Chelsea defender, why not use James? As um, captain, I feel like I feel like James. No, yes, yes. I feel like if you have Rich James, you can go for Rich James. But I feel like Rich James will get rotated. Like I feel like they will not, they will not want to just stream out there. Aspilicueta and... is injured against Burnley, so James is going to start against Burnley. But we don't know if he's going to start against Norwich. Exactly, exactly. But why not go with someone that's the short to start, which is Rudiger? Well, well. At the end of the me, I'm just saying, my I'll go for. I'm going for. I'm thinking of going for Rudiger or or or. If I later switch Ramsey for Josh Kane, but 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 got Rafinha. No, those are my top picks. Oh, I have Rafinha as well, but I, I I think I've already taken my risk to buy him in the first place. I'm not going to double the risk by captaining him because we've no, not seen we've not seen Jesse Marsh this game week. This game week. This game week. This game week. You can actually go for. Um, anybody you want to go for, like, like it's it's a, it's a game with that. I think the weeks, the weeks, the weeks um, might actually be very very rewarding. So we we, we never know. It's FPL at the end of the day. So is there any other thing you want to add? No, no, no that's it. That's it. So thanks for listening, guys. And I don't know if Leonard wants to add anything else. No, no, no. Thank, thank, thank you so much as always. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.